Our first story is taking a look at the attractions industry and how theme parks are approaching their reopening strategy post-pandemic, or honestly, mid-pandemic, because we're not really nearing the end just yet. Uh, I just, I, I guess a couple minutes ago, maybe an hour or so ago before we recorded this, we did an interview with uh, Ziggy Knows Disney. Uh, that is a popular Disney blog run by uh, Ziggy. I, I don't have his last name handy right off the top of my head. Oh, here it is. Ziggy Oskwarik. He's the owner of ZiggyKnowsDisney.com. He gave us a great breakdown on how Disney World and Disneyland are approaching their reopening strategy and what we can learn from Shanghai's Disneyland reopening strategy. Thought it was very interesting. Kind of landed me at this story as well, which is a little closer to home. Uh, but Six Flags is also approaching... Approaching... <laughs> It's also approaching. <laughs> wow, quarantine does stuff to your brain. Um, Six Flags is also approaching a reopening strategy, so I wanted to give some uh, insight on that, and you know maybe we can uh, break down some thoughts around it as well. So Six Flags in Frontier City, Oklahoma, is going to be the first Six Flags to reopen albeit with new restrictions. So the new restrictions include things like before coming to the park, customers need to make reservations, so there's no showing up and buying tickets at the gate, and you have to bring and wear a mask at all times. If you don't come with a mask, then you have to buy one at the gate, or you won't be allowed in. So masks hmm. required. Uh, employees are going to be using thermal imaging to screen guests and other employees before they enter the parks. And a capacity is going to be restricted to keep crowds down. And social distancing when standing in line or going to any uh, designated eateries will also be enforced. So, you know, some, some pretty broad structural changes there to the theme park experience. What are your initial thoughts, Tyler, on getting a theme park back up and running while we're still riding that downward curve of the pandemic? In some cases, it's not even headed downward yet. It mm. is uh, still very much a present threat. I suppose, let's see, it feels like every time we do a story like this, it's like, here are their measures, and then I sit here and, and poke holes in it, and I feel bad about continuously doing that, but you think about what a theme park is, right, and in a place like, uh, you know, Frontier City, Oklahoma, or the, if the Six Flags here in Dallas-Fort Worth were to reopen, here over the summertime where it's hot, where everybody is sweating, and that kind of thing, and I, I understand social distancing, but as soon as you get on a on a roller coaster, are you not just immediately in close proximity with people once again? You know, like a how far in front of you is the is the cart? You know that mm -hmm. that is holding two other people, or are they putting you know uh, people in every other cart? Things like that. And in the end, I, I think I think the difficult thing is that these are measures that are being taken because I know that these places need to generate revenue and that summer's a big time for them and they have to be able to stay open to keep their business running and that sort of thing. So they're doing everything they can to try to keep people safe while also maintaining their business. So I get that. It's a it's a situation where for these businesses it is a, you know, close or you know, close permanently or do something. And so I, I get that that's the that's the difficulty that's the frustration. I just I just don't know that uh, that a theme park can effectively open and run while doing everything that it would require to keep people safe. Now you could make the argument that 
a theme park is a very optional type of, of place to be that if you go and you understand the risks that you are doing that, you know, yourself, and it's not like you're going to the grocery store because that's a necessary thing that everybody has to do. Everybody has to get food on some level in some way, shape or form. And in, in some cases, going to the grocery store is the only way that can happen. So I, you know, it's not an essential thing like that. So if you go and you understand the risks, then uh, on some level, that's a personal responsibility thing. But the way that this whole thing has worked is that people don't know that they've gotten it and they spread it to others and that kind of thing. And so you worry about that that spread once again. So I guess, I guess it's hard to synthesize what I'm saying, but my my thought is that it's the best possible effort they could put forward to actually reopen which I understand they need to do for the survival of their business, but it still makes me nervous just in terms of what we're going through. And I, not that I'm a big theme park frequenter myself, now that I'm in my thirties and don't have any kids. So you know, <laughs> I, I, I probably was not likely to go anyways, but I, I don't see myself going to a theme park, even with these measures in place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a situation where people's empathy and ability to um, to understand how your actions have consequences beyond even just yourself and your inner circle, like that whole uh, mentality is tested a lot. And I'm not sure if you saw, it was all over social media uh, this weekend, but people in Missouri at the Lake of the Ozarks mm-hmm. were, I mean... Uh, you know, tuna can packed right. in a giant pool, uh, albeit it was outside, but still uh, there was definitely not six feet social distancing going on. And, you know, they're in a giant shared pool. Um, I was thinking, OK, well, maybe they're going to open theme parks, but, you know, a water park uh, seems like it might be a little less safe, especially with a bunch of stagnating water. It feels like it could be a bad mix of uh, spreading disease. Clearly, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal for people. Um, And I think this boils down to there's so much mixed messaging and so many different directives and leadership is all over the place on what you should and shouldn't do that people just kind of give up on deciding how much they should care. And there isn't, uh, I think, enough pressure to really think about how my specific action, even if you don't really care if you get sick, fine. That's, you know, your prerogative. You get to choose what you do. But your actions might get someone else sick and that person might die. Or you, uh, you know, might be then getting sick and ill and you might die. And we also want to look out for you person. So that kind of empathy, I think, is difficult to just force down people's throats. You have to really get people to buy into why you should care about um, just the kind of the broader fabric of society in that way. Um, but just to tie this back to theme parks i mean i see why feasibly like uh, these parks need to reopen just for economic uh, uh sustainability um there really hasn't right. been much action to help um struggling workers or businesses and uh, 
I'm assuming that would include theme parks in some capacity. Uh, so, you know, there's not really uh, an infrastructure there to support them continuing to stay closed. And without strict leadership to keep them closed, I think there's going to be an incentive to want to reopen. I just don't really see how all of these uh, restrictions will play long term. I don't think they're going to play very well, especially as things get hotter and hotter and hotter. When we are talking about walking around, like in Florida, for example, uh, 90, 95 degrees, humid. If you're wearing a mask outside Mm -hmm. the whole time, you're not going to be able to breathe. You're not going to be able to breathe well, at least. It's going to be incredibly difficult to, um, you know, stay... Uh, healthy, honestly. I mean, you're going to get dehydrated, you're going to get worn out, and that could be a health risk in and of itself. Now, that isn't saying, let's cut masks out of the equation entirely. I think it's more like, we probably shouldn't be having theme parks open then if you need a mask to go to the theme park, uh, and people are going to die of heat exhaustion or something because they can't breathe, then probably not a great idea to have the park open. So, I have a feeling we're going to see some of those ripple effects of trying to run uh, a socially distanced and health-conscious large-scale attractions industry, I think we're going to start to see some of those issues pop up. Um, But I think there is something to be said for indoor versus outdoor attractions. Uh, The more outdoor, the more spacious these attractions can be, I think, uh, you know, the better. So any sort of indoor water parks, indoor pools, that kind of stuff, I uh, am, you know, strongly suggesting we don't reopen those at all. But if you look at a an outdoor theme park, other than, like you said, sitting next to someone on the ride, which, you know, not much you can do about that at this point, yeah. um, just walking around and kind of communing around the park, uh, probably less uh, dangerous than going into a Costco or going into a Walmart and sharing all of that recycled filtered air. Um, So, you know, I I can see why there might be arguments to get attractions back up and running to some capacity. I just don't think it's going to be feasible to keep these restrictions in place for a really long time. Uh, Make the customer experience still a positive one, even with these restrictions. And I don't see the feasibility in enforcing the broader, uh, you know, mitigation practices of social distancing when you're standing in line or when you're, you know, uh, going to the bathroom or when you are going to get food at the eatery. Um, uh, I just don't see that happening unless there is parked security outside of each one of those key establishments and that's all they're doing. And even then... That doesn't sound like a lot of fun for the end user, even if it is absolutely necessary. So all of that's to say, it just feels, again, a little premature, and it seems like it's creating a situation that could damage the attractions industry in a different way. First, economically, and now, potentially, the perception around the experience could become so distasteful that... You know, it'll be difficult to rebuild that trust, even if things do get back to some kind of normal. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you you wonder if a a place gets labeled as a hotspot for spreading this 
you know, what the long-term ramifications of that hit to your public perception might be, you know, and if you try to reopen too soon and things don't go well, you know, what does that look like for theme parks? And I get that it's going to be hard to trace, but we've seen a, a number of, of cases in, in a number of places where um, uh, there was a church service that, that opened up like a, a month ago, kind of right in the middle of kind of the worst time of this. And a bunch of people got sick. And I don't fault people for feeling like, oh, we should we should still gather together in a religious type setting. I, I understand the, the desire to do something like that, but it, it, it costs a lot of people in a, in a pretty big way in terms of coming down with this illness. And so from that, you know, you look over at theme parks and you say, in any way, shape or form, are you as essential in people's lives as some of these other things that people are risking it to try to go for? And even on the other side, so, you know, you say, okay, maybe this becomes a hotspot for people, but what if they open and people don't go? Um, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's uh, a poor assumption because it seems like anywhere that has opened up, people have been more than willing to go patronize those establishments and crowd into bars when they're supposed to only be 25% full and all that sort of thing. But you know, what if they open up and, and, and spend money paying employees and for all of this security and have rides running and, ha- you know, incur all of their normal costs, but with a reduced capacity and people still choose not to go. That's another business risk that I think probably needs to be discussed for businesses that are trying to open up is, you know, if you do this and people are still too nervous to get out and too nervous to go to a place like this, again, that probably feels far-fetched given that uh, that every, you know, like you mentioned, that, that Lake of the Ozarks story from over the weekend. Excuse me. But uh, I, I think there's some risk involved in that too, that you open up before people feel comfortable going to a place like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I would, you know, I guess hope that people would be more cautious about going to these large-scale social establishments uh, with the pandemic still raging on, but it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen without it being forced. And, uh, you know, when we did force it, there was a lot of backlash from business owners and business leaders and just people as well and so you know i think when the uh, when the decision making for how should we approach reopening or keeping our economy closed uh gets taken down the peg slowly but surely everyone says well i'm just going to pass it off to the next person they can make the decision nope we're going to pass it off to the next person they make the decision president to governor to uh county to you know city uh, then you get a small town mayor going up against a huge corporation or a huge business interest that says look we need this to happen just make it happen you know what is the real leverage that small uh you know uh, circuit judges or, uh, you know, county uh, leadership is really going to be able to have to decide how we move forward. So I think without that kind of focused, top-down, strict leadership about how we uh, roll out reopening the economy, if it's just left in people's hands and the, uh, the communications around it are all over the place... I can understand and see why people would just be like, eh, screw it. 
I'm just going to go to the park. Like, whatever. I yeah. mean, it, you know, I, I really can't tell how bad this is. No one around me is getting sick yet. I'm fine. I'm just going to go to the park thing. And I don't really care. So, you know, that's just kind of, I think, how it's going to be for uh, most social people. Uh, unless there is strict reason not to uh, participate in those activities. So, I, I just am... A little worried, honestly, for the industry. I don't think it's going to fare very well, and uh, I think reopening the economy to a degree might actually harm the attractions industry more than keeping it closed and supporting it financially. And I think that's the mm-hmm. same for much of the economy, but even more so for that because it's all um, entertainment and experience. And if the entertainment and experience is lackluster or uh, completely inhibited, then what's the point, right? Right, exactly. Uh, I, th- I think that's a great way to say it. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 